This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nice song selection, Caitlin. I love this. Getting me pumped up here on a Saturday morning. Time to get up and at them and start your Saturday off right by tuning in to AWOD Radio here on DC Sports Radio 106.7 The Fan. The Commanders are traveling to Indianapolis right now to take on the Colts. The line is minus three right now in favor of Indianapolis with the over-under set at 39.5. So it looks like Vegas is predicting a low-scoring affair between the 3-3-1 three, three Colts and the 3-4 and four Washington Commanders. From the Washington Times, Matthew Paris joins me on the hotline right now. What's going on, Bulldog? Oh, nothing much. Just jamming out to that Blink-182 I was playing there. Nice I know, right? <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> All right, so Washington has to try to recreate, I think, the game plan that Tennessee used, which was run the ball you know, right down the throat of the Indianapolis Colts and – when you get into scoring range, get a field goal and, and just keep the momentum. And that's the biggest thing uh, for why I think the Tennessee Titans defeated the Colts last week, 19-10, to 10, is that they never gave Indian- Indianapolis a chance to come back. You know, it was never short field. They didn't really turn the ball over. They would just get into field goal position and get a field goal. In fact, they didn't even get in the end zone offensively. It was a defensive pick six was their only touchdown of the night. So how can Washington recreate that game plan, Matt? Yeah, I mean, we saw it last week against Green Bay. They had a really formidable rushing attack with Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. I think they complement each other really well. And, you know, to be able to have a game plan like that, you need your defense to be able to perform well. Credit to Jack Del Rio's group because they've really turned things around here of late. You know, against Green Bay, they... They weren't creating a lot of pressure, but Aaron Rodgers was aware of the defensive line's reputation and was getting the ball out faster and faster. Um, and so, yeah, they've been really successful over the past few weeks, and they've really cut down on their explosive plays. And if you look at that Indianapolis group, that they're not a, a group that will necessarily burn you. Maybe their quarterback change, you, you have to be aware of that. Maybe Jonathan Taylor, now that he's healthier, could rip off a big one, but besides that, it's not really a group that scares you all that much. So, you know, I do like Washington's chances in this game. Matt, how would you script the first drive of the game for Washington offensively? Because that's going to be important, I think, for them to get off to an early start there and get a lead. Because Taylor, I mean, he's just he started so rough last week. He's got to start stronger this weekend against the Colts. And I'm going to keep saying this, Matt. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. He has to. He must win his own personal touchdown-to-turnover ratio for Washington to win. Yeah, and, you know, you think about the adjustments they made when he started to play better. He started to get the ball out a lot faster, so maybe getting him into some rhythm with some quick throws. But, you know, you also have to put him in manageable situations, too. Like, don't be afraid to run the ball, make it third and four or, you know, third and three. Um, 
just to keep moving on. And but you know the, the nice thing about Taylor Heineke is you know he can create plays with his legs and keep plays alive. And then he's also not afraid to take shots at um, kind of covered receivers. Sometimes that has hurt uh, Washington. But you know you think about those kind of throws to Terry McLaurin. Um, he'll, he'll have uh, he'll make guys go and fight for it and. Terry McLaurin is a receiver who t- likes to do that. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily worried about Taylor Heineke. I think they, they kind of know how to use him at this point. Joined by Matthew Paris here on the hotline, covering the Commanders for the Washington Times. What type of talent is new Colts quarterback Sam Ellinger? Washington's defensive line has been able to get pressure without blitzing over the last few weeks of the season, but against a quarterback making his first start. I personally want to see us blitz him all night. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, he's a he's a mobile guy, so you know, could he evade an overwhelming pass rush? How does that vary versus college and the pros? You know, I know it was just preseason, but he really impressed uh, Colts fans in the preseason. The thing that stands out to me about Ellinger, though, is he's not necessarily the fastest guy for how mobile he is. So d- does that help Washington? Um, you know, we'll have to see, but it's not, I don't know. I, I don't know necessarily think it'll be the, the, the boost to Indianapolis's offense that maybe Jim Mersey and others invested in the Colts are hoping for. Matt, what are your target numbers for each of the running backs? Last week, I believe it was 20 carries for Robinson, 10 for McKissick, and one for J.D. McKissick. Personally, I think I would like Robinson to have about 15, Gibson to have 9 or 10, and McKissick to get 3 or 4. Yeah, you know that that sounds right. I mean, twenty and ten is a fine split between the two. I thought they played really well off each other. You would like maybe Gibson or excuse me, McKissick a little bit more involved, but I think you can involve McKissick more in the passing game. Have him kind of come out and break out a screen. You know, uh, their targets in terms of in the passing game were all relatively even. So. You know, if McKissick can contribute in that area, then, you know, you just necessarily don't need to have him contribute as much in the running game, even though he is technically a running back. Talk to me about how Terry McLaurin has been this week in the locker room. I got to imagine he's been really giddy and happy knowing it's a homecoming game. Is there any chance that that's a distraction for him with all of his family going? What are you expecting uh, from Mr. Mr. Football in 2013 in Indiana? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be it distraction for him. I mean, that guy's the ultimate pro, but uh, yeah, he, he's pretty excited. He, he's going to have around 70, north of 70 people at the game, and um, you know, he was calling this week about how you know he used to be, his parents were our cold season ticket holder, and he used to go to the games growing up. He dressed up for Marvin Harrison on Halloween, and you know, it, it's a franchise that I think means a lot to him. He's not He's not the type of guy that will go in there saying like, Oh, you should have drafted me. Um, I asked him about that. If, if he thought he was going to be drafted by the Colts and he thought it was a possibility, but then he saw Paris Campbell, his uh, college roommate get drafted by them and said, and he said he was really happy for Paris Campbell and that it all worked out for him with Washington. So, you know, this is a game that means a lot to him, but he also realizes the bigger task at hand and that's trying to help Washington get their third straight victory. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio, joined by the Bulldog, Matthew Paris, Commander's Beat Reporter. What kind of injury update can you provide for me about Washington, specifically Logan Thomas and Cole Holcomb? 
Yeah, so Cole Holcomb isn't going to play. That's a bit of a concern for Washington because, yeah, yeah, he's out with a foot injury. Uh, Didn't practice all week, so I don't even think he was ever really close to playing. Um, So they're going to, Rivera said that they're going to go with a uh, mixture at a Mike linebacker that includes David Mayo, John Bostic, and Jamin Davis. So, uh, you know, have fun with that one. Uh, Logan Thomas, you know, that's, I think he, I, just a hunch, but I think he's going to be good to go. You know, he, he practiced this week. He was a, he was limited, but, uh, you know, it was good to see him back out there. Um, though, you know, I, I would lean more toward Thomas playing, but it, if they hold him out another week, I necessarily wouldn't be surprised. But um, it, I think it, it's positive that he was able to strengthen some practices together. Let's get into the numbers a little bit, Matt. I think Washington, personally, I think they need to score at least 20 points to win this game. What do you think? And let's get an official prediction from you. Yeah, you know, that that sounds right. I, I, I'll, go, I'll go a little bit low. You know, I'll say 20-9. to nine. I, I really don't think this Indianapolis offense, I mean, you know, they, they didn't light the world on fire. They haven't really all season except that one uh, Matt Ryan game where they came against the Jags, came back against the Jags at the end there. But... You know, it's not that it's just their offensive line has not really performed the way that you would expect that group to. That they have some of the best names in football, but they just haven't really lived up to expectations. And so, because of that, I think that really hurts Indianapolis's um, chances to move the ball. And, you know, Washington, we've seen that they can score in that 17 20 range. So, you know, I'll go 20 to 9, 17 to 9, somewhere in there. Yeah, I mean, everything seems to be going in Washington's favor, especially the fact that Matt Ryan was just benched for a rookie quarterback, Sam Ellinger, who has not played an NFL game before. But I need to remind the audience of a segment I talked about in Richmond, which you can hear me on the Odyssey app Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. Matthew Paris, always one of my wonderful guests. And it is Murphy's Law of Washington. With this franchise, if it could go wrong, it will go wrong. And I want to get your take. What could go wrong this Sunday? I feel like the obvious thing is Jonathan Taylor could explode. He was the best NFL running back last season. If he gashes us for 150 with a couple 30-yard explosive touchdowns, we might be screwed. I completely agree. And, um, I, uh, you know, I guess even though I discounted Ellinger earlier, you know, maybe he does provide that spark. We have seen Washington struggle against mobile quarterbacks in the past, specifically a guy like Daniel Jones, you know, ripping off a 49, 50-yarder, I think in 2020, and I think he did it last year too. So, you know, it's something to watch out for. Maybe they rally around that. And look, you know, Vegas is has the Colts as a three-point favorite, as you mentioned at the top. They, they think – that this is a collection of players that is just overall better than Washington. I mean, I know the three points factors in the home field advantage, but, you know, Washington is on the road. So it wouldn't be the most surprising thing if Washington loses, but I just think as the teams are currently at right now, Washington has a little bit of momentum on their side. Absolutely. Got to take advantage of this, win three games and get back to 500. And all of a sudden you're playing – for a possible playoff berth. Matthew Paris with me here on the on the hotline here. Matt, you can follow Matthew on Twitter at Matthew underscore Paris, Washington Commanders beat reporter for the Washington Times. Paris, thanks so much for your time, man. I appreciate it. Hey, yeah, anytime.
Yep. What are your keys to victory for the Washington Commanders? 1-800-636-1067. Phone lines are open. 1-800-636-1067. I'm AWOD. Your call's next on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio. Time to get up and at and start your Halloween weekend. I'm, I'm so excited for that it's Halloween this week. I mean, I, it's my favorite holiday every single year. I love it, of course, because I'm not the most attractive guy in the world, so I like to dress up and make myself look better than I normally am for 364 days a year, and I've already got my costume. I'll be Bugs Bunny uh, when I go out and about the town tonight. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio. We've got Caitlin producing the show today, and the phone lines are all o- are open right now. Give Caitlin a call, and you can chime in. 1-800-636-1067. What are your keys to victory for Washington? 1-800-636-1067. Everyone says this game is the Terry McLaurin game, right? He's ready to explode after a great week last week where he had a, a huge touchdown and then a big Third down catch there to secure the victory for Washington. It's homecoming game for the kid from Indianapolis. He was Mr. Football in Indiana in 2013. He will make a couple big plays. But I think I think the Colts are going to try to surround Terry all game. I think they're going to try to smother him. Because everyone in the world knows Taylor Heineke's favorite target is number 17, Terry McLaurin. And when in doubt, TH4 will toss up the rock to scary Terry. So we all know that. The Colts know that. And I think they're going to try and steal a takeaway by jumping one of Terry's routes, which is why I believe the X Factor, the receiver that will make the big time plays, who wins the game for Washington this weekend, will be five foot eleven, hundred and ninety-five pound Curtis Samuel. One eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. What are your keys to victory? Mine is number one is Curtis Samuel. I think he is one of the quick, quickest receivers I've ever seen play. Like Deshaun Jackson is super fast. Curtis Samuel is quick. He doesn't have all the, you know, break tackles, strengths that Debo Samuel has. You know, both of them having the same last name. But besides that, I think he adds almost everything that Debo does for the 49ers. Through seven games this season, Curtis has 39 receptions and 340 yards uh, receiving with two touchdowns coming in weeks one and week two. Last week, though, may have been his best all-around game of the season because he was clutch on third down with his with his catches, five rushes for 26 yards as well. We can count on him in the running game, which is awesome. And he was so dynamic. I mean, I truly felt like watching that game, and then I watched the replay of it again because I wanted to fully break it down, that when Washington put Curtis Samuel in motion, pre-snap motion, the Packers had no answer. I mean, the linebackers were trying to decide, should we focus on him or should we focus on Robinson? And because of that, you let it left running lanes open for Robinson Jr. and Gibson, and, or they'd be a step late getting to Curtis Samuel uh, on the handoff. He needed to explode into the secondary and be, before being tackled by corners and safeties, and at that point he's already gotten eight yards. The play that impressed me the most from Curtis Samuel was a third and eight in the fourth quarter in which Curtis ran to the sticks, turned around, and then made a leaping catch in traffic. It was a good throw but also had some heat on it and some whip, and it was a high throw. Curtis was able to leap in the air, get his hands up, make a play on the ball, and came down and secured another first down. And Eric Stokes of the Packers, who was defending uh, Samuel, was not happy he made that play. He got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on that play. Samuel said after the game, I was just smiling. I know I made a great play. I laughed, and I guess he got a little upset. I don't feel like I did anything. I was innocent. So offensively, I feel really good about Washington. 
whether it's going to be the running game or the mix of Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. And I think that Taylor Heineke will not take the sacks that we saw Carson Wentz taking every single week. Week after week, he would ruin our momentum. That's not going to happen with Taylor Heineke. The rushing attack has steadily improved since Robinson returned from injury. And like I said, it's a Terry McLaurin homecoming game. So he might not get open often, but he will find a way to make a big catch in the stadium that he's undefeated in, right? Won a high school state championship at Lucas Oil Stadium and a Big Ten title game at Ohio State. But defensively for Washington, this may be our toughest task since we faced Derrick Henry a few weeks ago. Unlike Derrick Henry, though, Jonathan Taylor has yet to really break out this season, all right? But he's been inching closer and closer. He picked up week one where he left off last season as the best running back in the league. He had 161 yards, but the team tied against the Houston Texans. Since then, he has not broken 100 yards. But over the past two weeks, he has seen his yards per carry jump back up from two to three yards per carry to 5.8 last week, which is exactly where it was at last season when he was so good. All right, so that's the most important thing. Washington has to try to keep him below his average this season because, here. I mean, it just feels like if he is getting a, a ton of touches, he's going to eventually break free. But because uh, the team has been trailing a lot of their games this year, last week he only got 10 touches on the, on the ground. So which is why my key for Washington is to take an early lead and limit Jonathan Taylor's carries. 1-800-636-1067. 1-800-636-1067. Safety for the commanders. Derek Forrest spoke on the matchup with Jonathan Taylor and how they're going to be able to hopefully slow him down, and he knows it's going to be a full-team effort. He said, quote, The defensive line is going to have to get after him. The linebackers are going to have to hit him, and then we're going to have to come cap it. We're just going, we are just going to have to swarm. It's going to take group tackling because you can't count on just one guy to tackle him. The key is going to be swarming him and getting a lot of guys on him to bring him down. Kendall Fuller also echoed similar sentiments, saying, Good defense, quote, you've got to hunt. Football isn't a game of perfect. If a guy missed a tackle, we're all hunting. Then we can make up for it quickly before the extra yards. That's the thing about the NFL. Week in and week out, you're going to go up against top guys. It's definitely going to take all of us playing as one. In, in 2021, Jonathan Taylor forced an NFL high 66 missed tackles. So that's why everyone's talking about being able to swarm him because he's definitely going to break one or two tackles every single play, every single time he gets to the rock. But if there's three or four guys around him and then, you know, one guy miss and Jonathan Allen can clean it up or Montez Sweat can clean it up or Cam Curl can clean it up, it's going to be about team defending. And so that is going to be key for Washington. Cameron Curl was quoted in, a, in an interview with The Athletic. He said, quote, Jonathan Taylor, he's a hard runner. He's got some shiftiness to him too. We've just got to tackle him, tackle him in space, just hitting him, swarming to the ball, getting more bodies on him when he has the ball. I feel like that's how you slow down a good running back. And that's why I think if Washington can get a lead, and that way you can't run the ball with Jonathan Daler down our throats. And you're going to have to force Sam Ellinger to make some plays with his hands, with his arm strength. And that's going to be where Washington can take advantage of him. I also, I think... Even though we've seen this defensive line be successful in the last few weeks is just rushing four, I'm rushing five and six guys because the number one thing is a rookie makes rookie mistakes when they're forced to move out of the pocket or when they have a guy in their face and they're trying to get a ball downfield and they end up throwing a lollipop pass that can get picked off downfield. That's going to be the important thing. 
when Sam Ellinger does throw the ball, limit his time in the pocket. Limit his time to throw the ball. Make him release it right away. Those are my keys to victory. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 1-800-636-1067. 1-800-636-1067. Or you can tweet me at AWOD Radio. Twelfth Man tweets me. The key, stopping Jonathan Taylor, Hines, and Ellinger from running with the ball. Tougher task with Holcomb out. On special teams, Sly needs to hit all makeable field goals. And the always important, no interceptions, fumbles from Taylor Heineke. Hashtag HTTC. That's a great point there about Joey Sly. It really pissed me off that Ron Rivera would not put him out there against the Packers with the ball on what, like the 38-yard line and 30 seconds on the clock? If you stretch that lead out to five and force the uh, the Packers to get a touchdown, that game's over. And instead, they almost won it with a late-game field goal because we didn't trust our kicker. Phone lines are open, 1-800-636-1067. You're listening to AWOD here on a Saturday morning on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio. Are you as excited for Sunday as I am? 1-800-636-1067. I was ready to stop watching this team on Sundays three weeks ago. I had enough. I was tired of it. You know, I they pissed me off all of last season by going with Ryan Fitzpatrick as our answer. And then at the end of the season, I was ready to stop watching this team. But then I got excited for Carson Wentz, and we saw how that failed. And so three weeks ago, after that loss... I purchased Red Zone. I was ready to give up on this team. I said, one last chance. I'll watch them Thursday night football on Amazon Prime. But that, you know, narrow victory and then Heineke's magic and the two-game win streak have me siced for the rest of this season now. And like I was talking about Washington's defense uh, being really good in the last month, last segment. Well, Washington's defense, for the most part, has fared well against the run this season. The group has given up just 34 runs that end in first downs. That's third fewest of any team in the NFL. Only 18% of their opponents' rush attempts have resulted in first downs. That's the best of any defense in the NFL. So the commander's defense feels good about their task, which is going to be a tough one against Jonathan Taylor this Sunday. Uh, Derek Forrest said to reporters, quote, We just have to limit him and don't let him get going as long as we limit him. We'll be all right, and that's why it's. I think it's so important that Washington puts some points on the board first and gets off the field defensively without giving up, you know, a field position change or a field goal or anything like that that would give the Colts some momentum. You know, this is a broken down Colts team that, you know, desperate times. They paid thirty four million for Matt Ryan, and then what? Seven games in the season, they're benching him, and they say it's because of an injury. No, because it's because of four interceptions in a game. Uh, he's just been dreadful. He's been so bad they had to make a move. So their back's against the wall here, and I think we can break them with an early lead in the first quarter. All right, let's go through the history of these two franchises. Owner Jim Ursay has been asking for Daniel Snyder's removal, whereas Commander's owner Dan Snyder supposedly has he has dirt on every NFL owner. It's the Owner's Bowl Sunday from Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. The Commander's Wire at USA Today says... Washington has been owned by the Colts, losing four straight times, uh, dating back to 2006 when Washington lost 22-36 to to Indianapolis. That was part of Joe Gibbs' era, right? So Gibbs lost to the, um, to the Colts. Zorn never faced the Colts. Shanahan then lost twice to the Colts, and Gruden never beat the Colts as well. You'd have to trace it back all the way to the old ball coach, Steve Spurrier. Last time Washington got a win against the Colts, 
was 2002, uh, 21 to 26 Washington with the old ball coach Steve, Steve Spurrier somehow getting a victory over Hall of Fame quarterback Peyton Manning. So Sunday at 4:25, the Commanders will again face off against the Colts in Indianapolis. And as I said, the Colts have owned Washington, winning the last four times here. But that's are those are completely different matchups here. Heineke started for the first time this season last week, and he looked good in the second half of that game. So if he can recreate what he did in the second half, I like his chances. And Ellinger was a rookie last season and makes his first NFL start Sunday against the Commanders. Tells me to lean low-scoring game. So let's go behind enemy lines here and see what StampedeBlue.com, which is a website covering the Indianapolis Colts, posted about their bold predictions versus the Commanders. All right, let's go behind enemy lines here. Sam Ellinger will score a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown, they say. They said by now most of the NFL would have heard that Matt Ryan has been benched for former sixth-round pick. That's how desperate the Colts are. Sixth-round pick, Sam Ellinger out of Texas. So, Ellinger, they hope, will provide a spark for Wash, uh, for Indianapolis's offense. But you have to keep in mind that Ellinger is not like he's got the best arm strength in the world. All right, In preseason, he had a 40-yard touchdown run. And so you have to be able to limit him getting around the outside and kind of doing what Taylor Heineke does well, which is picking up third and shorts with his legs. Uh, bold prediction number two from StampedeBlue.com is that Jonathan Taylor will surpass 100 rushing yards and score a touchdown. Jonathan Taylor has only gone over 100 yards one time this season, and and that is because the offense has been trailing by two scores game after game after game. Washington's defense is surrendering, surrendering 118 yards per game, so we'll have to be playing better than our average to limit a guy like Jonathan Taylor. 1-800-636-1067. 1-800-636-1067. Let's go to Carlos. Carlos, you're on the fan. What's going on, man? Hey, uh, good to you know, call in. Love listening to sports radio, especially when I'm, you know, boss commanders and I have a long drive ahead of me. So I uh, just want to take your thoughts on this. We have, uh, I'm excited about the team. However, say we lose this game and the trade deadline is coming. I don't see Ron Rivera as a seller, and I think we've, we should have been a team that we should be selling for the past two years with this team being mediocre, and I've stuck it between seven and nine or eight and eight and eight and nine. But say if we do win, should we be buyers? But I don't see Ron Rivera going out of his way to buy players to make this team good. We are over the cap. I mean, we are under the cap. We need to spend, spend, spend. To look at the Eagles. Look at all these other teams that are going down to zero dollars because they want to win. They don't care about draft. They don't care about draft capital. They don't care about money as long as they get a trophy. So I just want to get your thoughts of it. Should we be buyers if we win, or should we be sellers if we lose this game? Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, Carlos, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for calling. 1-800-636-1067 if you want to chime in. I think it's pretty simple, right? Sitting at 3-4 and four on the year with the trade deadline coming Tuesday, you lose this game and you fall to 3-5, and five, you might as well trade a guy like Deron Payne. I don't think we trade Antonio Gibson. I think he's still a big piece uh, of the future here because, look, you look around the NFL, the theme is not franchise running backs anymore. It's running back by committee, all right, especially because how expensive running backs get and how short their careers are. And so if Washington loses, absolutely be sellers. I am 100% on board with that. If we move to 3-5, and five, give up. 
All right, but if Washington wins, I think that's how fine of a line it is here in the NFL this season. If you move to four and four with the way the NFC is this season, and so many teams are sitting right around five hundred, you have a chance to take advantage of that. And so I think we should be buyers if we win the game and go after a linebacker, go after a guy like Roquan Smith that's been uh, out there and rumored as a guy from the Chicago Bears who is spectacular when he plays. And, uh, I mean, he made his mark on that game Thursday night against the Commanders a few weeks ago. 1-800-636-1067. 1-800-636-1067. Looks like we tracked down my girl Sabah from North Carolina. What's going on, Sabah? Hey, Awad. Here's Awad Groupie here, buddy. I'm so excited. So excited about the, the game. And I was like you. I was getting ready to stop watching. As long as Wentz was playing. <laughs> I know, I know. But, You're uh, the leader of the Heineke Hive, so tell me about you know your thoughts. Give me your thoughts on his performance last week and how he can improve on that. Oh, I think that um, his performance after being uh, bad in the first half by being so great in the second made it even better because uh, most quarterbacks uh, would have just, you know, held on to the ball, been hesitant, and if anything, he was more aggressive, and you got to give him credit for that. And he, he, the reason his teammates love him is because he gives his uh, teammates a chance. Like those passes to Terry, if they get called, guess who gets credit? Terry. If they get intercepted, guess who gets the blame? Taylor. And that's why his teammates love him. Whereas when Wentz, when Wentz wasn't doing anything, who got the blame? PFF said that our wide receivers couldn't get open, no separation. They said our offensive line sucked, right? So, you know, that's why the guys like Taylor. And Taylor's a real player, and he's a, you know, NFL QB1 potentially. We don't know yet, but he needs to be given a chance. Now, my prediction for the game is this. I think we have to score 28 points to win because with Cole Holcomb out, I'm kind of worried about the defense. So I think they're going to score probably around 24. But I want to zone blitz that rookie quarterback or second-year you know, quarterback and maybe put like five or six guys on the line and drop two, and then maybe he can get like a quick slant that might get intercepted. I'm hoping for that. And Taylor needs to score 28 points. If we score 28 points every game for the rest of the season, I think we will make the playoffs. 28 is the key. I, I totally agree with you, Terry. I mean, uh, Taylor Heineke is the reason we won that game because he gave his receivers an opportunity mm-hmm. to make a play. But talk yes, me th- or tell me, th- take me through what it was like for you watching that game in the first quarter when it seemed like he could have had six interceptions, Sabah. Okay. Oh, yeah. It was bad. Okay. First of <laughs> all, I kept getting assaulted. I really, I, I was getting ready to call the police. I had a, a, an assault on me on Twitter. Everybody's like, Sabah, what's wrong with your boy? And I'm like, listen, <laughs> I like him as a player, but I don't coach the guy. And I'm thinking, he's got no reps, but I know for a fact no one's going to care, right? Everybody wanted Howell, and I'm a Howell guy. I'm a UNC grad, okay? But it's not time for him. I think he, he, he kind of, you know, wet the bed if he came in right now. So I just kind of prayed, and I said, please, Taylor, turn around. And when the fumble happened, the muff punt, something clicked. Like, you know, there's a man upstairs looking after this guy. And then I, I, I kind of felt like when uh, uh, Gibson made that run and then he threw the touchdown pass, I thought all's okay right now. He had the swag back, but I was definitely worried. Yes, sir, I was because he's not going to get any chances. See, Wentz can suck six games, and people still <laughs> want him to play. But well, see, he, Heineke can't do that. Yeah, no, he he had the momentum going when he hit Gibson, and, and that was such a crucial yeah. play. Not just because it was a touchdown catch, but that was on third down. That was yeah. on third yeah. down, and so you you missed that opportunity there. You end up with a field goal. So Pod, Against a team. Look, okay, yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, see yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to go to everyone else. We're getting so many calls right now. Shane, Will, Jack, John, Alex, I see you guys on the line. We'll take more phone calls next. You're listening to AWOD Radio right here on DC Sports Radio. Welcome back to AWOD Radio. 
Time to start your Saturday off right by tuning in to DC Sports Radio 106.7 The Fan, especially because the Commanders are on a two-game win streak and they have a huge opportunity to get back to 500, 4-4 four four on the season as they face off against the Indiana Colts, Indianapolis Colts and a backup quarterback in Sam Ellinger. You can always tweet me throughout the show at AWAD Radio, A-W-A-D-D-R-A-D-I-O. Ty tweets me. It's the same cycle with Washington. They start slow now, then they win a couple games every year. Everyone gets excited, but at the end, they are still 8-9 or 7-10. and 10. We hope that's not the case. Brian tweets me that the Sly issue, Joey Sly, the field goal kicker, is another reason why Ron, the GM and coach, is a problem. If Sly misses a third kick in a row for the last three games, Ron faces scrutiny for picking him over Johnson, and I, I totally agree, man. Somebody else tweeted me that Sly's only missed two kicks. Well, he's missed a, a ton of extra points, and he missed that that kick in the Bears game that would have put us up by eight. We nearly lost the game. And then he missed the kick in the Packers game, and Ron didn't even put him on the field in the fourth quarter with a chance to make it a five-point game because he doesn't have faith in him. Matt tweets me, force Ellinger to make into making mistakes, run game with Heineke. He says that we win 27-17. to You can tweet me at AWOD Radio or you can call us, 1-800-636-1067. 1-800-636-1067. Let's go to Will in Springfield. Will, you're on the fan with Adam Epstein. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on, bud? How you doing, man? Love the show. Hey, man, I appreciate that. I'm having fun here on a Saturday morning. Awesome, awesome. I just, I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited. I know that Cole Holcomb is hurt. But I'm excited to see John Bostic. I know that John Bostic's kind of fell off in the years, but in 2020 he had over 116 tackles. Um, and I feel like that's going to be, you know, I don't think it's going to be a drop-off. So I'm excited to see him play. I, I think he's a veteran man. And, and look, he, he's definitely stepped in before for this team and, and been good. And I think he'll use his veteran experience there to hopefully kind of, you know, sniff out screen passes and things like that, because that's really where Cole Holcomb was excelling in the last few weeks, was defending the running back and things like that. So I appreciate the call, Will, 1-800-636-1067, 1-800-636-1067. Let's go to Shane. Shane, you're on the fan with Adam Epstein. Hey, go Volunteers. Hey, here's the thing, <laughs> Awad. This, this defense right here, the coach is going to show what Heineke's limited. That defense of the coach is legit, and I do think that defense is going to show the weaknesses of what Tyler can do. Yeah, Tyler's a great story. Great story. He's got that. He can do what he wants to do. He's got the heart of a winner, but doesn't win championships, my friend. Doesn't win playoff games. Or it can only get you so much. Yeah, but this Colts team is going nowhere quick, man. I mean, they paid all yeah, that okay, money for Okay, but here's the thing. Okay, yeah. look, here, look, we paid all that money for Wentz, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's call it what it is. I told people this before the season started that he would not, would not finish the season, and he won't. And here we are again. Tyler's going to be the guy next year until they draft uh, Hendon Hooker out of University of Tennessee. Go Commanders. Uh-huh. And that's it. And that, that's where we're at right now. This is so, always going to be a quarterback controversial city. It always I, I, I agree with you, man. But if we're going to lose the Colts this weekend, though, it's not going to be because, be because of the quarterback play. I think it would be because Jonathan Taylor crushes us for like 150 yards. I think it's going to be the offensive line. I think the offensive line is going to show the weakness against the Colts defense. I think, the offensive, I think they're going to get four sacks, maybe five sacks, and Tyler turns it over twice. Taylor. And that's what happened. Taylor. I think it's seven. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, yeah. yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. I, but no, I, I, I don't think they. I don't think. I, I think Commanders go down this week. All right. Hey, thanks for the call, man. I'm going to try to keep it positive, though. I like our chances. One eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. One eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. I saw a great article from Ben Standig called "By the Numbers." All right, let's go through it here. Ten 
10 is the number of quarterback hits for Montez Sweat. Sacks are so important every single year, and Sweat has three sacks. He's been uh, behind the league leaders in Payne and Allen, and he's been playing really well, and he's a big part of why Washington's you know pass rush has been so much better over the last three, four weeks of the season. Rivera said on Sweat, tremendous growth on his part. I think understanding what we're expecting from the defensive alignment, especially our defensive ends, that's helped him. The play of guys around him has really helped him as well. Allen and Payne are a terrific inside tandem. All right. So, and, and here's the thing: is we got to give other, we got to give credit to the other defensive ends. Everyone was saying, you know, for the first three, four weeks of the season when the defense wasn't playing well, oh, I can't wait for Chase Young to get back. He's going to be a difference maker. He might be, but we need to give credit to the reserves. F.A. Obata has been a playmaker, all right? And one time it was a playmaker with his helmet where he tipped the ball in the air and Jonathan Allen uh, made the catch there. What I like about him is I watch F.A. Obata and I feel like he gets great jumps off the line, right? Like he's looking down the line at the ball. He doesn't. He rarely jumps off sides. Uh, Montez Sweat has been doing that a bunch. But F.A. Obata will just get a really good snap, right? And because of that, he gets into the backfield and he's been really good on running plays as well. James Smith-Williams deserves a, a ton of credit, as well as Casey Tuhill. Washington ranks fifth in percentage of pass rushers, uh, rushes with pressure at 36.5. Rivera said the other guys on the opposite side that have been filling in have done a nice job also. I think it's really just everything coming together as far as a unit uh, that is awesome to see. Another number here is by the numbers from Ben Standing of The Athletic, 31.5. 31.5 is Washington's percentage of defensive snaps in man coverage. That's fifth in the NFL behind the Giants, Lions, Dolphins, and Patriots after ranking 23rd last season. In fact, the team has been playing even more uh, zone defense, or excuse me, man defense in the past two weeks without William Jackson III. That percentage jumped up to 35.5. And so the key for Washington has been it's hard to have, you know, errors in the back end there when you're playing man to man, right? It's your guy. If you get burnt, it's your fault. When you play zone, that's where we've seen the issues uh, for the most part from Washington where you have guys pointing fingers at each other like the Spider-Man meme. No, you were supposed to get him. No, I'm William Jackson III. I was guarding the corner route, and because of that, I let CeeDee Lamb walk into the end zone wide open. He wasn't my man, dude. We're playing zone. So because of that, Jack Del Rio has simplified things. They said, look, uh, when it's an important down, we're playing man. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. We're playing man-to-man. Uh, by the numbers here from Ben Standick, 44. He says 44 is the combined number of sacks, 24 sacks, fumbles 11, and interceptions 9 involving the benched starting quarterback for the Colts, Matt Ryan. So Sam Ellinger steps in here, and he's just trying to got to try to hold on to the football better than Ryan. Don't fumble it. Don't throw three interceptions a game, and don't get sacked play after play after play. And then the other number here from Ben Standig I wanted to bring up was 51.4. That was the percentage of pressure Taylor Heineke faced on drop-back passes against the Packers, which is which blew my mind because Ben Standig went on to write that that's actually higher than any of the six games that Carson Wentz played the quarterback position, meaning that Taylor Heineke was pressured more and yet was sacked way less, right? 
Heineke was only sacked once against Green Bay on the season. Wentz was sacked 23 times. That shows you the strength of Taylor Heineke, his ability to extend the play, his ability to move around the pocket. And it's not like he's, you know, moving too much, but he kind of shrugs his shoulder forward and gets away from one guy, and then he slide steps to the side. And, and like I mentioned earlier, that sidearm throw that he does, Carson Wentz doesn't have that in his arsenal. And, and so as much as I was one of those guys beating the drum for Carson Wentz all offseason, he's got a cannon, he could throw the ball a mile. You know, you can't throw the ball a mile if you only have two seconds to throw the ball every time. That's why Taylor Heineke was so successful last week for Washington against the Green Bay Packers. Phone lines are open, 1-800-636-1067. 1-800-636-1067. You're listening to AWOD here on a Saturday morning on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.